Dragon Not Noob, the podcast that's four weeks in isolation and four centimetres in isolation beard growth. I am your appropriately named host, Fuzzy Dan, and on this week's episode, I'm joined by a man who is bathing his face in Rogaine daily. It's Tom, the spicy Tim, Tojo Commons. How are we today, good buddy? So much Rogaine. <laughs> it just, it burns. <laughs> Yes, I am very well and very happy to be here. It's been a long time since I've been on an episode of Shaken Not Noob, so uh, glad to uh, be amongst it. Welcome back. I can't even remember. What did we have you on for last time? Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> Couldn't tell you. It's been a long time since I've touched a video game, to be perfectly honest with you. So uh, There you go. Well, uh, welcome back to the podcast, mate. Um, I, if I'd done my homework, I would have told you what the episode was that you were on, but I completely forgot to. So um, there you go. <laughs> we'll ignore that completely and we'll move straight into our, th- our news this week um, first cab off the rank uh, we've got the updates coming through from Xbox Games Pass um, now they're releasing a bunch of indie titles this week which uh, look actually the, the, over the next couple of weeks which look really awesome um, so we're starting with a game called The Long Dark now have you heard about this one? I have not. I should have done my homework. <laughs> That's all right. These are all fresh and new off the boat. Um, this is all um, so. Long Dark is like a uh, it's like a survival game. Mm-hmm. Um, it's essentially you versus Mother Nature, and uh, it looks it looks like a lot of fun. I haven't played this one yet, but because um, it's been on PC for a while, uh, but it's coming to Xbox, which is great. So that's going to be on Games Past. Uh, they've got um, another one called Gatto Roboto, um, which is about a stranded space captain in a crashed spaceship, and it looks pretty cool. Oh, uh, got yeah, There you go. Uh, Deliver Us the Moon is another one, um, which is a sci-fi thriller set in the near future post-apocalyptic world thingo. So, you know, true story. Um, we've got a game called Hyperdot, which, is, uh, which looks a bit weird, and Levelhead. Um, again, they're all coming a bit a little bit later in April, but um, yeah, a bunch of indie titles coming out to Games Pass, which is really cool. Um, so I don't know. Do you have Games Pass at home, Tom? Uh, I don't. I mean, I think now the present with the isolation is probably the best time to get it and take advantage of those sort of titles that are coming through. I mean, the last time I played an indie title was probably at PAX last year when I just used to go from booth to booth and just play those sort of ones like that. (laughs) And I mean, there's some really, really good ones out there. I don't remember. The last one that I actually got was from, I think I got on Steam and it's like the whole story is that your blocks and you have yeah. to go through obstacle courses the entire time. So, uh, no, I'd be keen to actually check out some more indie titles. So maybe wor- worth getting, especially uh, now that I actually have some time to play them. <laughs> well, that is the thing, right? This is the perfect time to do it. And I will say, like, as a subscription service, um, this is probably one of the better ones. Like, they they just constantly coming out with games every month there's this massive library and it's full of games that i'll probably put in that category of not like i'd go and play them but i don't know if i'd necessarily go out of my way to buy them if that makes sense in there outright so um so, so this is a really good way to get into some of those games and they've got some good titles in there as well so um they've had a, the the fallout series in there they've had the new wolfenstein releases in there so there's been some big games alongside oh the new gears title that came out last year that was in there as well mm-hmm. um yeah so there's a bunch of really good games in there and you can get it on the pc as well so there's a bunch of pc only titles in there so definitely worth a look see um but yeah they've got a bunch of really cool ones which i'm excited about uh, coming to that 
Um, not to be outdone, for the PlayStation fans, uh, there is some stuff coming for you. They've announced a, um, what, they, what are they calling it now? It's a Play at Home title. Um, and so they've basically gone into their archives and released a couple of games. So it's the Uncharted Nathan Drake Collection. Um, so three of the uh, Uncharted games. And Journey, which is a an absolute classic indie title from PlayStation. So if you go in uh, to your PlayStation account, you can log in and get those for free, and they're yours to keep forever. So that's uh, pretty cool. Ah, if only I hadn't already bought them all. <laughs> this is my problem, right? <laughs> I have these already. Uh, but yeah, they are. Uh, I know they, they they did release the Uncharted game as a um, as one of the monthly releases last month. Mm. Um, but now this is pretty much there to keep. Um, so even if you don't, if you're not pl- uh, uh, buying the monthly subscription service uh, for PS Plus, you can get these to keep forever, which is pretty cool. It is actually really good. I must say, these sort of services that all these guys are offering are really good for the laggards among us. The people who don't care about getting stuff when it first released, just bloody pick this up and just let it decide what you play from month to month. (laughs) Absolutely great way of doing it. I unfortunately am one of those people that if I can't get it on or before day of release, I don't want to know about it ever. I'm sorry I've missed the boat on that one. It's too late. So, uh, so yeah, this is uh, this is a good way for me to get into some stuff that, as, as well, like you say, that's been around for a while. That um, yeah, we can let them decide our play collection. Hmm. Uh, so yeah, so that's coming out from play uh, from PlayStation. So it's called Play at Home. You can check it out. They're also donating a bunch of money um, for research into, um, I believe it's research into COVID. So. Um, it's very interesting. They're doing a lot of, uh, like, I think a lot of these guys are doing a lot of goodwill at the moment. Yeah, promote, 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 because, you know, they're trying to sell us stuff in the long run. But, you know, it's nice. Yeah, it works out well for us. Let, let them keep doing it. I mean, what, what is it? Uh, was it HBO or Amazon or one of them was doing the same sort of thing as well? Yeah. So, hey, it's working out well for the consumer. So, yeah, goodwill. Just, just churn through that goodwill. That's all right. I'm okay with it. Give me free shit. <laughs> Give me free shit all the time. <laughs> uh, look, in other COVID news, um, Sony has talked about their plans for PlayStation 5. Um, so obviously, uh, originally earmarked to come out at the end of this year. They are saying it is still on track for uh, release this year. Uh, they are talking about releasing it in significantly less numbers than the PS4 release, though. Um, so they're talking about making five to six million units between uh, now and March 2021. So that doesn't seem like a lot for uh, for a big title, uh, you know, big new console release. But they have said that this one's going to be super expensive. Oh, okay, that's something to look forward to. But <laughs> I mean, it, it it sort of makes sense to me for them to have it in lower numbers because I reckon one coming out of this, there's going to be so many people in financial hardship that probably won't that will not be on the top of their priority list. Yeah, they've probably had to stop production a little bit because of it as well, and then the price tag. Yeah. So I'm going to be honest; it's probably not going to stop me from getting it. <laughs> Absolutely not. Uh, so it'll just be a debate of which one I pick up first at this point, whether it'll be the Xbox or the PlayStation 5. Yeah. I've always been an Xbox man myself. However, I have been spending a lot more time with my PlayStation 4 than I have my Xbox recently. So yeah. uh, no, we'll see. <laughs> so well, they are talking um, prices for this one. They're estimating around about 
um, five hundred and fifty US dollars um, as a price point. So oh. it's about probably about eight to nine hundred Australian dollars, oh. uh, which is uh, which is expensive. But I will say that I did <laughs> I did buy my PS two on day of release for eleven hundred dollars. Um, so yeah. <laughs> Seriously? Is that how yeah. much it was back then? It was a lot of money. It's <laughs> so much money. Yep. It's a lot of money. They they like but that was like, you know, and six months later it was half the price, but that's not the point, right? It's the point is to to have it when it's out. Yeah, it's um, true. And again, like they, they, they do this all the time. They'll you know release it at a very expensive price point. It'll stay that way from uh, for November and December. You'll get some January sales, and then they'll start lowering the prices mid uh, mid to, uh, 2021. So, hmm. yeah, it's well, it's, it's it, always it, it, you, they, you, they ping the early adopters. Oh well, yeah, it, I, I mean it, it, it's pretty simple and easy cash flow for them because I know I, I don't know about yourself, Fuzzy, but like me and Duty, who are suckers for apparently controllers that have engraved day one on them, I have to get those <laughs> controllers. I've got that controller. Yeah. It doesn't work anymore. But, but I have it. it. It's engraved. <laughs> I was there, damn it. <laughs> no, no one will ever know unless I tell them. That's why I'm telling everyone. I have one. That's it's right. worth nothing. <laughs> oh, well, look, I almost bought a... I had the PS4 and then I got the PS4 Pro. And then I tried to buy a new one. They did like a like a 25-year anniversary edition or something like that for PlayStation as a, like, as a brand. And I, I tried to get one of those and it was like 1500 bucks and there was, you know, there was like 10,000 of them and that, and that was it. They were gone in like half a day. They were, they were sold out everywhere. So yeah, they, people will buy shit because they can and they have a lot of disposable income. So I, I, I don't think there's going to be any problems with people when they come out and they bring in those kind of price points. People are just going to buy it, right? Yeah, no, people are just going to buy it. And I think a lot of the factor is that a lot of people who obviously um, our sort of generation or our sort of age group all grew up with video games as well. Yeah. Um, and because there's so much a bigger market for it, it's like all these people that grew up with them with the PlayStation 2 or whatever um, all have a lot more disposable income and are willing to spend those prices. Whereas back in the day, I think when we were younger and trying to convince people to buy these expensive consoles, it was parents who didn't play games. Being yeah, like, no oh, idea. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It was a new concept for them. So they weren't, uh, they weren't justifying the expenditure. Whereas we can, because you know, fuck it. <laughs> yeah. And it's like at, at the moment, I know, I know people who have been like PC master race their entire lives who are looking at these new consoles and are just like, yeah, but it's easier. Like, yeah. they can't be fucked trying to keep up with PCs the entire time. So, like, consoles, because they're locked in, guaranteed games, like, yeah. it's half the price of what they would spend on building their PC still. Oh, absolutely. Look, I, you know, I just bought... Um I just bought myself a new PC. I needed to update because my laptop is is old and decrepit and couldn't run half the games I wanted it to. And yeah, that was a, a fairly expensive price point to get into. Yes, it does a lot more stuff. Um, yes, the games do look you know prettier, but it's the the time it takes to do it, the potential for things to go wrong. Um, just the the plug and play aspect of a console is so accessible and it makes life so much easier i really do still enjoy going back and sitting down and playing console um even though there are some games that are just you know like yeah rts games or um some of those games are just anything where you have to do a lot of inventory management you have to have a pc for it because it just makes yeah. a lot more sense yeah 100 percent. 
But um, yeah, it'll be, look, it'll be interesting. I'm, I'm excited about these new releases. Uh, have you have you decided which way you're going first, PlayStation or Xbox? Uh, you know, I, th- I think look, in the past I have just been blanket Xbox. I'm an Xbox person. I will get the Xbox. I think this is going to be a case of uh, day one releases. Yeah. Because it, what's it's, available? I'll be honest. It's not, probably not going to take me long to get the other one. Well. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, you're, you're right. It's probably about right. I think yeah, people will be. I'll, I'll be doubling up at some stage, whether or not it's by the end of the year, I don't know. Um, but I'm excited for everything that comes out. Um, further on in this article as well, I did read in that they are while they're sort of restricting the numbers um, on how much they're going to produce, they're also talking about um, the initial release titles that are coming through. So they're going to have a bunch of titles that come out with the PS5. Uh, and over the course of the next year, they're, they're talking about slowing down the delivery chain of new titles coming through because potentially they might not have as many as they thought they would. So with a lot of places in shutdown, developments essentially grinding to a halt for some of the big companies. So we mm. might actually miss out on a bunch of new titles um, so you might even be able to delay buying that, you know, picking up that second console, um, because I'm assuming the same thing's happening with Microsoft. It has to be. Well, that's what I was actually thinking today. I was um, considering video games with all this new, uh, the new ways of working that we're doing at the moment, or a lot of people having to work from home. And mm. I was just rationalising it. I'm like, well, a lot of game developers and stuff, they just wouldn't have PCs capable of uh doing what they need to do to no. generate these games of the rendering and all those sort of elements of it i mean had they had some prep time and stuff they could probably just uh remote into pcs capable of it but i have a feeling <laughs> that that would not be the case so i'm guessing that a lot of these development companies as you said would have had to grind to a halt because they just can't have people in those offices doing that sort of work yeah yeah, look, it's uh, it's still unclear. I think that there are some places that are still working on finalising products. There's still stuff getting new new releases. Um, so we've got um, I've got a couple of titles that have come through, which I can't talk about just yet. But I've been given some promo codes for them them early on, and they're getting released. They've been you know it's been a month since we've been like this, and they're still getting finalised and shipped out. So it's good to see that some stuff is still happening um, at at this late stage. But uh, yeah, further on from that, we don't know, but uh, fingers crossed, at least we'll get some, I think at least we'll get a couple of really good titles from each. Um, so yeah, it'll be a, an interesting day one purchase between the PS5 and uh, the Xbox, whatever the face is. What are they calling it? Oh, the Sexbox, that's right. <laughs> Sexbox. Sexbox. <laughs> Well, uh, speaking of exciting titles, Tom, I'm not sure if you're a fan of this one, but this one's a really big one from my past. Crisis. Ooh. Did you ever play Crisis? Oh, of course I did. Everyone did you ever have Crisis. A, did you ever have a device that was capable of playing Crisis? That's oh, I, I, I built a device that was capable <laughs> of playing Crisis. I, I'm not sure whether you've heard before. I've, I've said it in the podcast. I've just been sitting under my breath and going, maximum armor. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, uh, you'll be very excited about this, Tom. Uh, the Crisis Twitter account has been going crazy in the last couple of days. They uh, apparently have been just posting a bunch of stuff um, just for no reason. It's just like links like receiving data and, hey, Nomad, are you still with us? And like there's like nothing else apart from that, just little quotes from the games, just little tidbits. 
but apparently, yeah, the nerd community around that, the crisis community, the crisisunity, um, is very excited. They are very, very excited, believing that something's going to be coming out very soon from Crisis. Oh, that is intriguing. I mean, I'll be honest. I, th- I think built the PC for the first one. Mm-hmm. I don't think it necessarily did anything spectacularly new or different. I think it was just an extremely pretty game. Yes. The second one, because they wanted to bend to the will of consoles. Yeah. Uh, downgraded, obviously. And was a little bit more of the same. So I'm not sure whether I'm actually excited if they're going to be doing another one. I'll probably pick it up because I'm, I'd be curious to give it a go. Um, but I think overall, from a gameplay perspective, they were nothing really unique to me. I'm not sure mm. how you found them yourself. Yeah. Oh, uh, look, I've... <sighs> I enjoyed them just, but like you, like you said, they're a very pretty game. Um, but I, beyond that, I don't know if they did much for me as far as shooters are concerned. I thought there were some other better shooters that have um, fallen by the wayside, but Crisis kept going because of its strong first showing. Um, I think I played, I, I think I played two and three on console, and yeah, they just they were shooters. Wait, there was already a third one? I thought this was the third one. Oh, God. <laughs> I've obviously been paying attention. Good Lord. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. Very excited to uh, to see if they do it. I mean, could be a new t- new console opportunity, right? If they're going to be doing the new big thing, that could be a great opportunity to do a high-definition next-generation console that aligns more closely with what PCs can put out. A hundred percent, and I, I think that Crisis can actually definitely g- come in and show something spectacular because they've still mm. got that reputation. Oh yeah, Crisis a hundred percent still has that reputation, and it had the original game had it for like five or six years. Mm. Like it was like you, it was still a mark of a good PC after that game had been out for ages if yeah. you could play it on full graphics. Mm. So if they brought out something to the next gen console that was just like immaculately pretty, mm. I think they could definitely just get back on top or like sell a shitload of games just from that. So I was, I was actually just curious there. So I was just having a look. So Crisis 3 was released in 2013. So mm. it has been a very long time since we've seen anything from them. I don't but know that- what... It's a still a pretty game. It's still really like you look at them and you go, "Wow, that's actually really good looking." By comparison to a lot of games you get now, which just look terrible, like they are still very pretty games. Mm. So 100%. you're gonna be. I imagine if they came out with an exclusive for this, right, <laughs> on a console, we're going exclusive with Xbox for the first six months. <laughs> Sold, says Tom. I do love that all of those uh, all of those exclusivity deals are now like have little things appended to them. Yeah, only on Xbox for three weeks. <laughs> well, they did the same thing with the uh, the game that we're talking about today, Final Fantasy VII, only on PlayStation Four for the first year. <laughs> I mean, a year is a long time, but yeah, it's still it's exactly that thing. It's yeah. Exclusivity doesn't mean what it used to mean, I don't think. <laughs> no, I think. Well, speaking of this uh, of this game or this company, I think when um, Square Enix decided to not just be a PlayStation house was when a lot of them started to do the same thing. Mm. I mean, what what's the, the only things the only ones that I can think of off the top of my head now are um, Naughty Dog 
and Microsoft Studios. Yeah. They're the only two that I can really think that still do proper exclusives. Yeah. there's. I mean, I, th- I don't know if there's a lot of benefit to try and be exclusive i think you know there's there's so little difference between these two consoles there's may you know it's it's just which one you prefer as far as the controller layouts go at the end of the day so yeah i don't know man it's it seems a bit strange that that, that people would go exclusive the only reason you do it is if you've got an in-house studio you're making it yourself and saving yourself a bunch of money yeah yeah, there we go. All right, um, we'll move on to the last piece of news, and uh, this is an exciting one for Judy. I know he'll be excited to talk about this one. Uh, this is the Formula One 2020 trailer. Um, now, we were big fans of the Formula One series. Uh, we played a lot of the 2019 game. It was one of my favorite games from last year. It's such a good simulator. And this one looks, it's more of a teaser trailer than a gameplay trailer, though. Um, we just got a bit of a, a hot look at uh, some of the new skins and designs that you can have on uh, on your Formula One racing cars. Looks pretty flash, I gotta say. Not gonna lie, looks fun. Yeah, I mean, as somebody who hasn't played a racing game since what Need for Speed, was it <laughs> most, most Wanted? What was after Most Wanted? Uh, I don't even remember. Doesn't matter uh, because they're all trash. <laughs> hey, you you shut your whore mouth. <laughs> uh, after most wanted they're all trash i'm just gonna say it it just it's it's there that's probably why i started to stop playing i knew <laughs> i i predicted they would all be trash uh one of the things i will say that i that i saw from this trailer so i don't know what the 2019 one looked like um but from the teaser so far the cars didn't look as impressive as i was expecting so i haven't played oh, okay. racing I haven't played a racing game for probably about five years. Mm. Um, and from the old ones that I've saw, they were pretty damn good at making cars look realistic. Yeah. Like, and have been for quite some time. So maybe it's just, it wasn't that next leap up that I was expecting and seeing that sort of, uh, of a car, of seeing a car in a video game like that, especially yeah. when it's completely based around cars. Mm. Um, how does it compare compared to the 2019 version? Um, from what we've seen so far, like it's yeah, it's very shiny and fluoro coloured and all the rest of it. It's I think because of the background, it's quite distracting when you see these things in motion and you hear them. I think there's a very visceral experience that you have. Um, racing them around especially when you're in like a cockpit view of the car because mm. you do feel like you, you've been glued to the seat by the g-forces right it's just that kind of uh, all-encompassing experience so i don't think them just sitting there you know showing off shiny colors is really giving it the best foot forward um, i think this is more about that customization style and like hey you can come in and you don't just have to pick the team colors you've got some additional options to make these things your own sort of signature style which i quite like so is that a completely new feature is it um they did have like skins and stuff like that but it was really limited last year um so i think they're giving a lot more customization options and they've they're they're hinting here at um uh they're, they're asking people to be the 11th team um so there's obviously 10 teams in the racing season and they've um they're asking you to come in and be your own team so you can set up your own uh, your own stuff rather than just being you know, a random driver in somebody else's team, which I quite like as well. So there's a bit more of that immersion within the, the game and, and you buy in from like an almost like a, 
an RPG perspective, but if you're playing throughout an entire season, it could be fun being your own, you know, your own team. Yeah, it, it sounds like it would be a good feature to add and something that I would am actually kind of surprised that they wouldn't have had in there in the past. Yeah. And uh, and I guess in line with what you were saying about actually being in, in the car and seeing those sort of things, I, I guess that, yeah, you wouldn't really see how the cars look or how they're rendered on those backgrounds. Yeah. So, yeah, the true test we'll see actually on it on a course. Yeah. And that's that's it. I think like they they did they did such a good job with 2019. Like 2018 was okay, 2019 was spectacular from a racing sim perspective. Um, this one, like as long as they keep most of those same elements and just add on, like there was some room for improvement um, out like off the track when you're you're not racing the car. There's things that could be done that better, and this looks like they're trying to improve those parts, which is great. So um, I think the look and feel of this, um, it's going to be bright and colourful, which is great. I'm, I'm excited about playing it. And uh, I think it's coming out middle of the year, July 10th um, it's coming out. So yes, we'll definitely be playing that and definitely be bringing uh, some gameplay footage of that when Duty kicks my ass again, because uh, <laughs> I suck at this game. <laughs> Looking forward to watching it. Oh, it's terrible, man. Like the first couple of races I played them in, it, it's one of those things where you're just like I'm driving really really fast it's going so great and then he just fucking laps you it's like you can't do that on like a three lap race it's no, it's so bad <laughs> oh, I love it yes but yeah there we go so F1 2020 coming out in July this year very excited we'll bring more when that comes through that is it for the news today but we, are, we do have something exciting to talk about um, we do have the Final Fantasy 7 remake to talk about now, we've got you on, Tom, because you are my uh, Final Fantasy VII guy. Um, Duty yes. has opted out because he said, I ain't about that shit, um, or words <laughs> to that effect. <laughs> um, but yes, this is, um, this is the remake of the 1997 classic game, Final Fantasy VII, um, originally coming out on the PS1, I believe. And Correct. Yeah, this was one of those... <laughs> this was an amazing game in the fact that it came when you picked it up you actually got this one of those multi cds uh, cases because this had three discs i believe um plus two installation discs i think there was all like there was like five discs all together there um, was but, a lot of discs yeah but there was three game discs so you get to a certain point it's like please insert disc whatever and then you insert it and sometimes it'll work and other times it'll wipe your save file um so <laughs> Luck of the draw. Oh, I remember I actually got through the first time I played it through. I got from uh, got up to disc three, and I put in the third disc, and it, the save file was corrupted, so I had to go back again and play disc one and two. And from then on, every time I saved, I would save on two discs. <laughs> so you'd take them out, use the old memory cards, move them across. Ah, oh, it was yeah. I wasn't I wasn't risking that again, but um, yeah, it's a classic. Uh, do you obviously played the original. Uh, I have not finished the original. I did actually p pick it up a while ago. So, so the big Final Fantasy for me was Final Fantasy X. So yeah. I played a lot of that, played the shit out of that, probably sunk about 150 hours of my life that I'm never getting back into that. <laughs> um, and because of that, I was never actually exposed to Final Fantasy VII. So I think when I was a teenager, I ended up getting an emulator of the game and sort of just playing through 
a lot of the start of it. So I never actually had to encounter the disc issues or the save issues that you yourself have had to go through. <laughs> it sounds like pain. But yeah, I've um, played it on PC through emulator. Oh yeah, okay. It's it's quite a game, right? It's it's a really interesting story. There's a lot to it. It's yeah, it's one of those ones that I look back and go, that's a classic game that you can probably set. It's one of those games that you look at on on an early console and you go, yes, I'm glad that they've designed something like this and and given this to people. Oh, a hundred percent, and like just. I mean, this is probably, in my opinion, Final Fantasy VII is the game that gave the Final Fantasy the name it has today. And it's what's given them the ability to release some games that are really not that great um, in more recent times (laughs) and still remain having the goodwill that they do have. Like, I was talking to somebody the other day about them re-releasing this and people would just be like oh but why would they remake a game that um already existed i'm, I'm not all about that and i'm just like well because it's a license to print money yeah. they have printed money put a disc in it and handed it to people <laughs> pretty much <laughs> and in more ways than one with this one because um yeah i, I want to get this out of the way early on now this game got released as and it's called final fantasy 7 and you, you would expect almost that it would be the full game. Um, people will may get very disappointed when they get to the end of this game and find out that it's like a chapter of the original story. Um, yeah, it's it's not the full product, which is which is kind of I don't know. Like when I found that out, I was a little bit frustrated. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> well, I honestly feel quite misled. <laughs> um, yeah, because. Maybe I didn't do my research well enough. Maybe that was the case, but I mean, like, I probably saw one trailer and heard this was coming out, and I was like, yep, totally. I never ended up finishing that full game. I need to pick it up now that it's been, now that it's all pretty fired and ready. And I was just listening to a guy just talking about it because I was just curious because I, I know the basic story and I know the stuff that goes on within the game. So I was just kind of curious about somebody talking about what has changed. Yeah. between this one and the original because my memory is not good enough to remember or know all of the original <laughs> and he said oh yeah and this is only focused on this part of the original story yeah and i just sort of just got confused i'm just like what but huh i was never told that <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah it's, I, I, they kept it really quiet like they did talk about it in the press but it was one of those like just sort of throwaway comments and you know focus on this it's really shiny it's new it's final fantasy 7 it's only one part of it. It's like, and someone was equating it to, I think it's it's worth about 25% of the main story from the original game. Um, oh, 25, okay. Which which sounds like it's, it's really a lot less than it is, but there is a lot of content in this game and they give you a lot more of the backstory to characters and contexts and all sorts of other stuff that they couldn't do in the original game. Uh, but they can do now that they have voice actors and all the rest of it actually providing emotion and things like that. Like if you had to read all of the text and dialogue they put up, um, they it, it just it wouldn't be playable. It'd just be a book. Like it's it's they've they've been able to provide a lot more um, information to people, and that's why they've allowed yeah you know, they can expand the story a bit more, which is great. Hmm. 
but yes, I, I don't know how they're going to do the rest of it. I've I've heard stories of three parts, um, uh, so I'm hoping it's no more than two. But you know, potentially there's up to three episodes of this uh, this this game, which is paying full price for. Feels a little bit uh, a little bit nasty. I, it's it's actually I, I find it quite amusing because you hear this and then it's just like oh yeah, but the, there's like forty hours worth of gameplay in this game. Yeah regular game any other game and they went well fuck they give me a 40 hours worth of gameplay fuck yeah <laughs> final fantasy 40 hours of gameplay it's like what the fuck where's the other 60 where's the other 80 <laughs> absolutely like you 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 expect at least around about 90 to 100 hours of game time and mm. you know that's there there's lots of story there's lots of combat there's lots of you know exploration there's lots of those things that are involved in it and you know if you don't get those, you definitely have a right to feel shortchanged. Yeah, because I, I think, and it's just one of the things that they've sort of just established with their brand, and it's one of the reasons why you buy it. It's especially for myself. Like I got this game and Doom Eternal at the same time. Sure. And I got them as my uh, as my isolation games, <laughs> with the full intention that I would be playing this game for a hundred hours, and I wouldn't have to buy another one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never gonna have to leave my house again. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh, well, you you may need to go out and pick up the other one. I don't even know. Like they haven't given a release schedule for this, um. So they haven't said when that's actually gonna come through. But yeah, I'd suggest they'd be wanting to do it fairly quickly because there'll be people getting to the end of this game in the next week or so, going where the fuck's the rest of my games? Gimme, gimme, gimme. So yeah, interesting to see. Um, but yeah, so this one, um, it's like we say, it's a 40 hour game. So like there's, and that's if you do everything exactly, like you, you could probably go off and do, spend another 10 to 15 hours doing all of the side missions or replaying different areas or going back and there's options to do like, you know, training battles and all sorts of stuff. So there is more content to have in here and it is still a lot of fun. So you can still have a lot of fun with that particular game. You're just not going to yeah. get a hundred hours at this point in time. <laughs> if you if you want an example of how you can spend your time, I've just spent the last twenty minutes trying to find cats. <laughs> oh man, that mission! I I went nah, fuck it, I'm not going to do that. And then I was walking around the town, and I accidentally passed all of the cats. I was like, oh sweet, I've passed the mission. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I keep finding them. I keep finding cats actually, like when I'm not looking for cats, I find the cats. When I'm looking for the fucking cats, I can't find the cats. <laughs> I I played I went and played about forty minutes worth of darts at one stage. Um, there's a <laughs> there's a scene where you're like, oh, you've got to wait for these people to have a conversation. So you're like, fuck it, I'll just play some darts. And literally, I was like, oh, okay, I can do this. I understand what's going on. And then I realized that the score I needed to beat was like. I just needed to get slightly better to get the top score. So I was just, I kept going for it. And it took me about 40 minutes to get the top score. <laughs> I mean, that, that is a sign of like a well thought out game. I think if there's games like that in it, where you can just do it for like hours and be like, ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> like, like, what is it? Red Dead where it's like, oh, I've been playing poker for two hours. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's definitely like that. It's just, they're just weird games that they just, they they drag you in by just making these things almost irresistible, right? They they put it in front of you and they're like, you can do whatever the hell you want, and it, it just it drags you in, it suckers you in. 
And in this beautiful big game with you know, amazing combat and beautiful story, if you can look for cats and play darts and still have a good time, they're doing something right. <laughs> yes, they definitely are. Um, but yes, like this one, it's I had a lot of fun with this. I spent you know a lot of time playing through and a lot of late nights just like, yes, I'll get to the end of this story. And then something something else weird and wonderful happens. And I just I just really enjoyed it. Now, I know there's a lot of people that there's a lot of talk about the moment, um, as you alluded to earlier, Tom, about how this differs from the original. And um, and I know there's a lot of people who are uh, kind of a bit miffed about it, to, to say the least. <laughs> Wouldn't you say? Yes, indu- in- indeed. Well, indeed was the word I wanted there. <laughs> I thought you were going to go with indubitably. <laughs> it was. And then I went indude and I'm like, oh, wrong chat. <laughs> wrong time. Um, <laughs> good thing we're not recording this one. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, like it's, there's there's a lot of people who are really miffed. They're like, oh, you know, this person, you know, this character doesn't do this and this doesn't happen in the original and... To those people, I say, go fuck yourselves. It's a lot of fun. Like, I think they've they've stuck true to the original core of this story and they've added in stuff that you wouldn't have seen in the game previously. And that stuff is what I, what you need to do to grow a game. Otherwise, you're just giving us, an, like, the same game again. And I don't think anybody would have wanted that. Well, that's what I was. I was listening to another reviewer, and I feel bad for not remembering who it was who was saying it. But he sort of likened it to that it's not really Final Fantasy VII remake; it's Final Fantasy VII reimagined. Yeah, yeah, I'd, um, I'd say that's fair. Well, which I, th- I think it's a very fair point, and I guess those changes are something that probably still needed in there to make it a bit fresh and just add some different aspects to it, especially when you're splitting it up into separate games. Mm. I'm like maybe I didn't have the same love affinity for seven as some other people. In fact, I know for a fact I did not do not. <laughs> um, but like, if, if they're wanting to mix it up a little and just like try and surprise people, like I think that's a good thing. Yeah. I, I think it's a sign of them. I know that I said before that it was a license to print money, but I think it's a sign that they're not doing it just to print money. They're trying to bring something that people love and actually add some new development, some creativity and something else to it. Mm. And I guess like the biggest thing of probably the cha- changes, I, w- I won't reveal what the actual, uh, some of the other changes that I've seen so far, yeah. but like, ca- as you said, character development. So it's yeah. given you so much more interaction with these characters that were one hit wonders in the first one or didn't really say much at all Mm. which i think sort of does show in my opinion even though it may not have been like this in the development studio but more of a labor of love in recreating this game well it's it's bringing to life like we literally got like tiny little triangle shaped pixel people you know speaking in bubbles and you know people gave them personality based on some of that stuff and they they filled in a lot of that story and this is actually doing that this is filling in those blanks this is telling us what was said you know in between those bubbles and how they were actually portraying it i think it's it's such a great way of of giving us the the context that we needed but we we always imagined for ourselves I think, though, to that point, there is probably 
you know, the people that are finding problems with it probably imagined it in a different way, if you know what I mean. Like they, I mm. thought it would be this, and it doesn't. It doesn't meet my expectations, so I'm upset. And yeah, you, know, you have a right to be upset in your own way, but the game as it is doesn't. You know, is still good and it's still good quality despite not meeting your your expectations. Mm. But yes, oh, very much so. And I guess that's probably one of the dangers I would say of games like this, where a lot of people grew up with it is that your imagination runs wild when you're a child. Yeah. So you do. Yeah, as you said, you'll have all these ideas, you'll have all these what people look like, how people behave, all those sort of elements. And when and when they're brought into a more realistic form, mm. that's where people would have that disconnect. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but look, they, they have done a, an amazing job of um, bringing to life at least the core of those games uh well the core of the original game now they've they've done a, like the characters are great like they are just as you would imagine they would be in you know sort of anime form um as opposed to the you know tiny little blocky characters um i mean the boy the the boobs are slightly less pointy yes um but you know they um some of the ladies have been filled out rather nicely um i was gonna say but still voluminous <laughs> There is, there is some um, wow back back problems in that world. <laughs> they they move in ways that I don't think I've ever seen women move before. So <laughs> I don't know if it's physically possible for that to happen. Um, and I also want to talk about cloud sex appeal because apparently that man is simply irresistible uh, to women. Like every single woman he meets, <laughs> every single woman he meets, he's like they are fawning over him oh cloud this oh cloud that you're so great and there's it's uh, <laughs> it's it's a very weird and wonderful world that they've created for themselves and uh, i question whether or not a lot of these developers have ever actually met a woman a woman in real life i i, I don't know if they have uh, perhaps a valid question <laughs> and and i must say look at looking at cloud and I don't know whether it's just the way that he's been rendered in this game, or actually no, he he look he I guess he looks the, exactly the same as he does in Final Fantasy VII Advent Children. Yeah, if you've seen that film. Yes, I see him with that giant sword. Yeah, and I see his his arms are quite puny, like they're defined. Yes, but they're tiny. And like, <laughs> and there's a, there's a, there's actually a point in the game where one character sort of says that he is like a perfect specimen. Yeah. Pretty much, <laughs> just like, but he's tiny. He's so small. <laughs> he's so small. <laughs> I'm glad you brought up Advent Children because that's that's where the, like a lot of the designs almost stem straight from that. It's more of a uh, a gamified version of that than it is the uh, the original game itself. Uh, um, and you know, I I'm happy for it because that that some Advent Children is what these characters look like to me. Yeah. Um especially because I did love that film and I watched that film multiple times. Say what you will now about the actual quality of that film, but the visuals were always spectacular. I smell a rewatch coming on, Tom. Mm, when was indeed. that one? That was like early 2000s? Um, yeah, I, I, I want to say about around 2005 because, I mean, there was two Final Fantasy VII films, wasn't there? Oh, or Final Fantasy films. There, there were a lot of Final Fantasy films. None of them any good. <laughs> <laughs> except uh, this one. Except this one, sorry. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, like, like, 2000, yeah, 2005. Oh, there you go, yeah. 
So yeah, I think this one, like a lot of the games, uh, the styles come from that. And you're right, he's really scrawny, and he just, I would say he's even scrawnier in this game than he was in um, Advent Children. So mm. like at least he looked like he filled it out. Like this one, like his his shoulder pad sort of floats over the top of his shoulder. It, like it doesn't feel like it's actually touching his skin at all. <laughs> it's just bizarre. But you, you, by comparison, you look at like Barrett as a character who's just this hulking man mountain of a of a unit you know walking around with his giant gatling gun on his arm and it's just like he looks the part he looks like the character you always wanted him to yeah uh, he is uh i must say his his character design's pretty good mm. yes and uh yeah we've got um yeah, I, I think the the voice acting's been pretty good too um I still don't like the the typical anime things with it, like you know the responses of ho, hmm, ho, hmm, ha. You know they're just making like they're not actually saying anything. They just make like noises. I don't know if it works too well in the game itself. Oh, funnily enough, I, I, I was going to say the opposite about some of the voice acting. I don't mm. think the voice acting's been that crash hot okay. on some of them. Um, I'm not a huge fan of Barrett, yeah, his voice acting, but. One of the things as I was playing today uh, might be a contributing factor to that. And I think it's just because I've gotten so used to looking at video games that are obviously uh, made originally in Western countries and made originally for English. So I've gotten very used to how facial animations and all those sort of things piece together with what's being spoken because it's designed for what's being spoken. Sure. In this game because it's i imagine is originally created to be said in japanese oh yeah and is being dubbed with english that i've never noticed more just lips moving and <laughs> things coming out like i think it shows up a lot more in um in some of the the cut scenes um but when you you see the characters walking around and just talking in like in your normal gameplay you can actually see their lips moving and they are much more closely aligned with the words that they would be saying um then yeah what they do in the cutscenes, they'd seem they're a little bit off mm. it seems like almost like an afterthought they're like yes we're doing it in english yes we'll catch up with the lips but we'll worry about the lip that's like we'll worry about that later people can accept that <laughs> yeah which m- maybe that's what got me with the voice acting overall mm. Oh, look, I thought that, like, I, I feel like the, the voice actors are doing a good job. I, I can't criticise them for the devs not actually, you know, making lips move, but <laughs> in proper time, they, I mean, they can only do so much, right? They're, they're actors, that's what they do. They go out and speak a good time and have, <laughs> have, have some good word things to say. Um, and that's it. And I think for what they do, how they emote it has been really interesting. And, and I, I like what they've given in that particular aspect. Um, but yes, we'll we'll see. Like uh, I mean, we're still early days. A lot of people, you know. Uh, I, I think there's been a lot of really positive uh, commentary around it. I haven't heard a lot of that sort of uh, your side of it here to say not negative, but I suppose less than positive uh, remarks on there on the acting. Yeah, no, no I, I guess it's just been certain characters, and to a certain point, it 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 feels like a Final Fantasy Seven. Uh, it feels like a Final Fantasy game because yeah. I guess they always sort of have that sort sort of style yeah. of voice acting, which is a bit different to what you would encounter in something like Uncharted or all of these other 
sort of games. Yeah, it's, sure. It's a bit, it's a bit more played up, um, and perhaps that's sort of what has got me offside of it. Mm. Like, don't get me wrong, I still do enjoy it. It's just not my favourite type of performances for voice from a voice acting perspective. Yeah, fair. Um, now I've got to ask you the big thing: like, how are you enjoying the combat? So that's the, been the biggest change. I think they they changed it all in. Uh, I think it was Final Fantasy fifteen. Um, they upgraded to this new sort of you know real time combat with you know special abilities and upgrades and all the rest of it. I think they call it um, active time battle. Um, is the the gaming system they use? How do how do you find it? Uh, I am actually enjoying. I'm enjoying it now. When I I'm enjoying it now. When I first started out with it, I was sort of a bit. Uh, well, obviously novice with it, and I was mm. like, "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> I bought I bought Final Fantasy VII. I want turn based. I like <laughs> I, I I came here for turn based. Yeah, give it give it back because I I like the turn based stuff, and sometimes it's fun to play games that still have that sort of system in it. Sure. Um, which I mean, obviously, is dying out if they're not doing it anymore. Mm. <laughs> um, but I think this system, once you actually get to learn it and learn how to swap between characters and then actually use like your uh, your matrix slowdown powers in certain parts to do certain attacks and stuff it does become a bit more engaging uh to me it feels like a kingdom hearts combat system sure which i'm not sure whether that's where it has stemmed from because obviously the first Kingdom Hearts had a very similar thing. It had um, use certain buttons for attack, and then when you used magic or items and stuff, you could well, I believe you could slow down. Mm-hmm. Or was it? No, it was. I think it was on the fly. But yeah. sim- similar sort of system at least. You got that menu, you were live, and then you had could interact with the different characters or set those characters' behaviors to do stuff. Okay. Um. So I will say, enjoying it. Was expecting the turn-based. Probably still would have been happy with turn-based. <laughs> what so, about yourself? Um, I look, I love it. I think it's great. I think it's uh, it adds an, a different element to the game. Um, I think they they found a lot of success in uh, fifteen with the change in style. Um, so it was a good time to. I think they could have potentially gone back to the old turn-based model, but with the success, that was the big shining light. I think from Final Fantasy fifteen. Um, was having this included so i think they needed to keep it going and it, and it fits it, it keeps you engaged in the game it gives you i think there's a lot of other stuff in this game that can feel very that like methodical and turn-based and it's very slowly paced i think this re-engages you in the game uh, at a different level so it covers off a whole bunch of different things you're engaged from the story you're engaged from the action and the active combat stuff i think it's it just adds lots more depth to an otherwise uh, like just regularly paced game. So it's definitely ups the ante for me. Hmm. Um, I've enjoyed it. I yeah, like I said, it takes like you said, it takes a bit of time to you know learn how to flick between characters and use your abil- uh, like use your abilities and use your like the quick time buttons to get to things. And there's a lot of elements in here that could potentially go by the wayside, but I'm glad that they've included this. Yeah, I must say the best feature that I found out, bloody, what is it, L1? Mm. Oh, yeah. L- L1 that allows you to do quick stuff. Yeah. I don't know whether I missed that in the instructions at the start, 
I, I'm pretty sure so. they threw a lot of instructions at us at the start, and a lot of people overlooked that. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, no, that's the that's an awesome one to do. It's I find it can be just as lengthy uh, to do that as like when you find out when you know everything is, you can actually just quick button through it anyway, so it doesn't really matter. But um, yeah, it takes a bit of time and practice. <laughs> Um, now, there are some things about this game that I didn't like, Tom, and I'm just going to say some of the old elements of this game that have been lagging around for a while, I, th- I think Square Enix is probably just stuck on these buttons. Um, the lengthy walking scenes in between, um, like you're just walking down tunnels and like you're hey. walking between conversations, I those can all go in the scrap heap. <laughs> it's like you have a conversation as a cutscene, and then you walk through a tunnel for a minute and then you have another cutscene. Just do the cut. Take the fucking tunnels out. I don't need the tunnels. Just give me the cutscene. Yeah, they do like to use a tunnel to sort of like hide that it's not a cutscene. It's like yeah. people get annoyed if cutscenes are long, so uh, let's just make them walk across the entire map and pack it through full of exposition. Yeah, and that way we don't have to render the CGI in the fancy cutscenes either. But they do it in both sides because like you get to the other side and then it's like, oh, here's another cutscene. It's like fuck, like just give me one long cutscene. I'd rather that. I really would. Rather one long cutscene than cut up bits all over the place. So those fucking things can just go away. Um, and then there's a lot of like the pacing issues when you're like, you know, you're having to follow somebody and walk with somebody, and you either walk too slow or jog too fast to like keep pace with them so there's always this sort of jog walk thing going on like just keep pace with the fucking person <laughs> so annoying and my final really annoying thing is the uh the navigation elements where you're um like walking through a tunnel and then it's like oh no we can't get up to that area hold on you wait there i'll climb up and i'll kick the ladder down for you and it's like ah, oh, go fuck yourself because you know the next scene Cloud's going to be jumping six stories into the air to like combat this giant robot, and it's it just feels stupid. No, I I, I think those are all one hundred percent fair complaints. <laughs> I look, I I know they've done them a lot, and that's the problem. I think they're just they're things they've done. They're things they know. I don't know if people expect them in the games. But I think we've outgrown it, and like you see, the rest of this game has grown up, right? There's a lot of there's a lot of like yeah swearing in this game. Um, there's a lot more you know talk about death and all sorts of other stuff. Like this is not the game that you knew in 1997 because they couldn't talk about these things or do these things. So it's grown up, it's it's you know matured, and yet these things still take you back. So it just feels really regressive to actually include them in the game. I'm sorry, Fuzzy. I, I would have to disagree. I'd be very disappointed if I couldn't play Walking Simulator 7. <laughs> oh, stay tuned for some Death Stranding commentary. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, was there anything you really didn't like, though, Tom, in this game? Like anything that's standing out for you at the moment that shouldn't be there? I mean, or you could do without. So I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure whether I've actually said it. So I haven't actually finished the game yet. Um, that's so okay. from. <laughs> I just love the tone that you said that. Um, <laughs> it's okay. Everyone will just invalidate all of your comments right now. <laughs> um, but so, I mean, the main thing that I've had issue with so far is I think I've actually already said um, so some of the voice stuff that didn't meld well with me. Um, but overall, I am actually having 
a great time. The, the I, I guess my main negatives are the things that probably they publicized about the game mm. that I didn't know about when I bought the game. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. So the 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 fact that it's only part part of a series, um, and those sort of elements of it, because I'd say overall, I'm having a really good time with it. Oh, absolutely! Um, like if you take away that that stuff, like the uh, you know the big negatives of not having a complete f- uh, Final Fantasy VII here, like that's it's still a really good time. It's still engaging. You're still yeah, you know, you're not going to be bored for forty hours. You're going to have a good time. You're just not going to have that full experience. Well, because I even think, at least my exposure that I've had so far, when I've been following or walking with other people, I haven't really noticed that pacing thing. Because I just noticed that, like, especially when I'm walking through a town or something like that, I keep going from groups of people to groups of people to see what they're talking about, mm. and then I go, "What was I meant to be doing again?" <laughs> Uh, look, Sorry, the, the TV was on. <laughs> oh man, there are some really distracting sound design elements in here as well. Like you're walking past, and like your main character that you're walking with will be having a you know main story conversation with you, and you'll be walking past someone in the street, and they're like, "Hey, that guy's got a really big sword," and that cuts over the dialogue of the main storyline. It's really bizarre. Like I just I, I found some of those elements to just be. Like they're they're in the game, but I don't know if they're as cleverly mixed together as they need to be. That's actually that that, that actually is a valid point as well, and I think I I, I do think that's um, one of the issues that I did find with those sort of interactions, especially in those town spaces, is not only that it cuts in over the top, but also it gives you little uh, subtitles of what everybody around yeah. you in the area are saying, <laughs> and they bubble up on top of each other. Yeah, like a so, almost like a text message chain, right? <laughs> just like you're yeah. just reading other people's random text messages, <laughs> and I'm like, like I get it. But it's should be background noise, yeah. in my opinion. Oh. And if it's a quest giver or something that you should be paying attention to, it should ping you or it should say something on your map. Yeah, I don't need an entire, what, what, like, uh, maybe a twelfth of a screen. Yeah. <laughs> that's literally the conversation that everybody's having about their dog running to the side of the road. No, it's, you know I mean? yeah, I, I get, like, have it as a passing by conversation, absolutely. Lower the volume down, don't put the text boxes up, and that's totally fine as, I suppose, background colour, because I don't really particularly care about those conversations. But, you know, if, I, if I'd stopped for five minutes to just wander through and see what's going on, maybe then, but... Yeah, even still, it's it's not really that important. Hmm. But yeah, so look, there are a few issues with it. Um, overall, I've had a really good time with this game. I'm going to give it a score today as well because you know, that's what we do on this show. I gave it. I, I did a video review on this one. I gave it a four point five. I feel like I now I'm I'm kind of stuck between two scores. I'm stuck between a four and a four point five, and I don't know if I can honestly give them either. I don't know if it's it's bad enough to to get to get a four. I don't know if it's good enough to give it a four point five. So I'm gonna, in real score time, give it a four point two five because I just I can't decide which way it's going. And it's it's funny because I've seen so many scores come through for this game that are through the roof. Like people are, oh my god, this game's perfect and all the rest of it. It's not. <laughs> calm calm your tits. It's not a perfect game. <laughs> It's it's uh, it's a very very good game, but not perfect. So I've I've enjoyed it though. Four point two five from me. Alrighty. 
So, from what I have played so far, and there is still much time to go, <laughs> um, I I do have issues with it. And as you said, this is not a perfect game. Mm. As I was actually just curious then, and as you were saying, from all the scores and some people giving it 10 out of 10s, that's a load of bullshit. Yeah. Um, it's a very good game. Mm. And it is very enjoyable and will keep you engaged. And, you know, 40 hours, fantastic. Uh, maybe more, maybe less, depending on the way that you play the game. The combat system is engaging. It is beautiful. Mm. Absolutely beautiful. Um, and once again, like Final Fantasy games, one of the things that I always admire the most about them is the enemies, that they're so varied, there's oh, so many yeah. different types, there's so many different t- ways to defeat them. Once you get the accessibility, you can then see weaknesses, you can see ways to tackle them, and, mm. you, and you, you need to use your brain and work out your characters and how to fix it. Especially when and you've so got that- like heaps of different, um, like different types of enemies in one scene, because then you're having to mm. do like multiple different attack strategies to actually combat what's coming at you. You can't just do the same thing over and over again. You have to adapt to to win. Yeah, 100%. These Final Fantasy games have always been fantastic at that. The tactical element of it is great. Mm. And a lot of games, I feel, don't do it in this way or don't have the mechanics or the way that these games work to be able to do that. Yeah. Um. And I think because of all of that, I would give this at the moment preliminary until I can actually <laughs> invest some more time towards it. I would give it a four out of five. Okay, cool. We'll put a big asterisk on that, mate, and we'll uh, we'll ping you the next time uh, when you finally finish the game. We'll we'll ping you and get your uh, your full score on it. <laughs> Will do. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Well, look, um, there we go. Go out and uh, look, I would say to anyone who enjoyed the original game, this is definitely the game for you. Go and get it. It's a it's a great way to re-experience something that, uh, that was a, an amazing game in its time um, and should be part of your collection now. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's good. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna keep playing it. I'm gonna go back and play some of the uh, the parts that I've missed um, and skipped past. I, I want to go back and do a bit more of an experience in it. But um, yeah, I've really enjoyed it. So I'm looking forward to, to hearing your final thoughts on it, Tom. You will get them. I shall finish it. <laughs> Excellent. Um, well, thank you very much, Tom. Appreciate you joining us today. Um, we will uh, definitely catch you around for our Shaken Not Nerd episode this week, where we talk about all things television. It's going to be exciting. Mm, indeed. <laughs> I think that may be the first. Oh, no, we have spoken TV in a while. Uh, before. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Ignore him. Um, well, look, until we catch you all next time, uh, I'm Fuzzy Dan reminding you to make sure that you have fun time. Whenever you're playing a game, have fun with it. And always, always get good at your games. And Tom, is, is here is where you would provide your sign-off, which is the classic Tom sign-off. Saladas. Beautiful. I was going to say news complete, but that's also works. <laughs> Excellent, there we go.